Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're snacking on anything but tasty cake, you're making a huge Miss Cake. A fistful of chocolate-covered raisins? Miss Cake. A spoonful of peanut butter? Bigger Miss Cake. Or the worst Miss Cake of all, your kid's Halloween candy, and it's April. If it's not tasty cake, it's a Miss Cake. Because nothing satisfies like a perfectly sweet butterscotch crimpet. Or rich and creamy chocolate peanut butter candy cake. Tasty Cake. Accept no substitute. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. Hey, Keith. How was your weekend? Oh, we went camping. Did you sing any camp songs? Oh, I was actually thinking about the fact that I should have made like a camping playlist or something oh, no, for we, my friends. So you didn't sing any camping no, songs? No, I did not. Like, and our, not to mention we didn't have any service up there. So like everyone just thought we'd, you know, stream some Spotify. and Lies. You texted me. Oh, yes. Barely. But like not Spotify level service. Oh. Not like streaming music level service. <laughs> That's kind of the point. You're supposed to get away from everything I know, when you're camping. I know. Just needed to download some music before we went. Well, as always, <laughs> the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop and camping on <laughs> Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about Little Nas X's Old Town Road tying the record for the most weeks ever at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, and how Ed Sheeran nabs his third number one album on the Billboard 200 with his star-studded collaborations project. Plus, we've got an interview with Bryce Vine. The singer-songwriter drops his debut album, Carnival, this week, featuring the hit singles La La Land and Drew Barrymore, and we talk all about it, so stay tuned for that. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Let's do the chat chat. Chart chat. Chart chat. We really need a theme song for that. I know. I don't know what. <laughs> so that we would... can spare people us doing that. <laughs> yeah, we can turn. We can sample that and remix it. <laughs> First up, Little Nas X has done it. Old Town Road, featuring Billy Ray Cyrus, has tied the record for the most weeks ever at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart as the single spins a 16th week atop the list. 
It ties One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boys to Men and Despacito by Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee featuring Justin Bieber. Of course, the Billboard Hot 100, which launched in August of 1958, measures the week's 100 most popular songs in the United States based on sales, airplay, and streaming data. Old Town posted gains in streams and sales thanks in large part to a new remix of the track and video for said remix featuring Young Thug and Mason Ramsey and how most versions of Old Town were priced for just 69 cents in the iTunes store instead of the normal like buck 29 I think. Now in the runner-up spot, Billie Eilish's Bad Guy, which bullets at number two, put up a good fight and is more popular at radio than Old Town, also had its own new remix, but with Justin Bieber. You know, perhaps had Old Town Road not had its own new remix and video and wasn't sale priced, we could have been looking at a very different number one this week. We could have. But we're not. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Katie, will Old Town go for 17 weeks at number one? Clearly, I shouldn't make any more predictions. If you listen to the show, you've heard me make just completely off-base predictions we, about this we, song. We don't know what we're talking we about. We don't know. Yeah. Um, no so one knows. we're going to go for 28. Oh, my God. Now, I, I think, I feel like it's not going to be stopped by next week. So, I think it's getting the record yeah. to itself. Sorry, Mariah. Sorry, Louis Fonsi. Sorry, Daddy Yankee. Sorry, Boys to Men. Sorry, Justin Bieber. But it's probably going to happen. All right. Next up, <laughs> over on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Ed Sheeran scores his third number one as his star-studded number six collaborations project album enters atop of the tally. The set bows with 173,000 equivalent album units earned in the U.S. in the week ending July 18th. That's the largest week of the year for a pop album by a male artist. And a number six collaborations project, true to its title, features Sheeran on each track partnered up with a galaxy of stars like Camila Cabello, Bruno Mars, Travis Scott, and Chris Stapleton. So yeah, exciting week uh, here on top of the Hot 100 and the Billboard 200 with a new number one from Ed with a cavalcade of friends and a not-so-new number one on the Hot 100. And a serious record in the making for yeah. next week. Yeah. So now it is time for our interview with Bryce Fine. The singer-songwriter releases his debut album, Carnival, this very week, and we talk all about the vibe of the album, including his breakthrough single, Drew Barrymore, and the current Top 40 radio hit, La La Land, featuring YG. We break down the Hollywood inspiration behind La La Land and why he wanted a California rapper to be included on the song, plus a certain bonus track on the album that includes a voicemail message from a very prominent person, according mm. to Bryce. A mm. uh, pop shop mystery. I'm kind of excited about this. We also talk about his upcoming tour dates and why this album is so personal for him. So please enjoy our chat with Bryce Vine. Baby, waste your time with me in California. Hey, baby, waste your time with me in California. Hello to Bryce Vine, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Hey. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. And thanks for eating our snacks. <laughs> we'll just call you out right away. People listening to the show know all about the, the snack snacks. Oh, really? snack room, the, yeah. the snack The, the options are the limitless. Options. Indeed. First of all, congratulations on La La Land. Thank you. Um, it's top 20 hit on our pop songs and rhythmic songs airplay charts. Hey. And it's on the Billboard Hot 100, too. Yeah. Hey. So pretty sweet deal. Um, you know, the song is super like laid back and hazy, sort of like L.A. itself. Did it surprise you that such a chill song is, is making you know so many waves on Top 40 radio? I guess it's chill. If you hear it live, it doesn't feel chill. <laughs> we just, me and my, the buddy that I wrote it with, like, we just were in Miami last this past week, like, kind of on vacation, kind of writing. 
and we were drinking at the Maxim party and somebody made the mistake of going, hey, you guys don't feel like playing La La Land. And five minutes later, we were like yeah. standing on top of the DJ's booth and <laughs> he had no idea. And we were like singing the song and stuff like that. So it felt hype then, you know. But no, I had no idea. I had I was like, we were just sitting there one day like a year ago in the summer like this, just writing about L.A. lifestyle in kind of a satirical way. And one thing led to another and it kind of became an anthem. Well, let's talk about the song a little bit. Obviously, L.A. has been the muse of a few pop songs before. So what inspired you to write about the city? Why did you start writing about L.A.? Because I grew up here. Like I lived, I've lived here for a long time. And I think if you write about stuff, you kind of have to see it through a filter, especially like if you write about real life. So like I even when I go out and like the way that people interact is like very similar and like you can get caught up in L.A. and people come here because it's glamorous and full of beautiful people and pretending to do things sometimes that they're not really doing. And it's like it's there's nowhere else that's quite like L.A. So it needed a new anthem. I haven't heard one for it since like California Love or um Dream of Californication. I thought of Hotel California by the Eagles, too. I mean, that's way back. There's been a couple since then. There's been a few. What, what a shock that you referenced the I know, Eagles, I love the Eagles. Katie. Um, but it's funny because so you, you were born in New York, right? Yeah. And then you went to school out east, but you grew up here? Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting that that's the lens that you're coming from, like having lived it, but still having the perspective to step back and kind of look at it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what makes my perspective a little bit unique because like I have seen both coasts like a good amount and like my parents weren't really the super overly glamorous and like LA kind of people so like they kind of kept me grounded in that way I think if I don't know you tell me I feel like when people have grown up here they don't fall to whatever like the Hollywood lifestyle is mm. as much you're not like disillusioned by it because it's yeah. like just life it's like oh yeah that's just Leonardo DiCaprio so, yeah. so obviously sort of your do you think that your kind of impressions of Los Angeles have like changed a lot now that you've have had more success as an artist and yeah. has that changed In or do you actually find, or, or do you find it you're just like actually it's good that I sort of experienced everything in like a totally oh, different hell way yeah. oh hell yeah I mean it's it's good to experience this city at all like I love it here. I live here. I like have all my memories here and I've met so many people like in the industry and not that were interesting and came here from different places and different backgrounds and people that I've watched come up. Like I remember seeing G Easy play the Roxy like five years ago and it was the first show he sold out. You know, and this is the place that you get to watch history happen mm -hmm. yeah. and for entertainment you know like in the 20s it was paris for writers and now it's los angeles for 2019 <laughs> so it was sort of appropriate or very appropriate that la la land was featured in the premiere of the hills which obviously <laughs> like... i could not have been, i could not have like envisioned that more like what? that was exactly kind of what we were writing what, how perfect. <laughs> and so it, perfect and then the hills came back at just the right time i had no idea how many of my friends even watched the hills because i didn't tell anybody that i didn't even know until i don't know a lot of stuff until usually it happens um <laughs> your people are doing things on your behalf yeah, yeah. appreciate it that was a great move but i had no idea until i saw people tagging me in their stories and i'm like really like my 42 year old friend's brother like <laughs> Just watching the, the hills, hills on a Monday night. <laughs> Just broke up with your man, it's the right time. We throwing money at a stripper, it's the right vibe. I come alive at night time. She said all she really wanted. 
when did YG get involved in the song? And like, did you already like have a relationship with him before the track and everything? Not at all, man. Like we, like I said, me and my buddy wrote it over a guitar, like at his house in like two hours. And this, but the song was really short. It was like two minutes and 12 seconds, which even we were thinking, it's like, yeah, it's just too short. Like, we like this song. And only only if drums. you knew today, it's like back yeah, to that. Yeah, it's Old Town Road Total, before Billy Ray Cyrus. Yo, isn't that song like a minute and 59 it was, yeah, seconds? Yeah, it was just shy of two minutes before Billy, they added like, Billy Ray. 30, 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it was a short song, and um, you're like, we need YG on air. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just that. Well, we thought, like, okay, so once it started to have, like, a beat and come together a little bit, because a lot of these things are Frankenstein together. Like, we just started over guitar, and then we add drums and see how that feels and put it in different parts. But we knew that we wanted, like, somebody to kind of hype it up a little bit. And they're like, well, this is a song about California. We should probably get somebody from California to feature on it. And the first person we thought of, like, we were just kind of joking but kind of serious was YG. We're like, well, he's unreachable a little bit. And then we sent it... I think like a couple times and then he finally it got through to him and he liked it but he didn't know anything about me as an artist so he actually did some research and like actually liked what I was about and was like all right I'll hop on this and even showed up for the music video yeah yeah well the song is from your debut album carnival which comes out next week how are you feeling about putting out your first full-length project it only hits me when somebody makes me realize how soon (laughs) it is to the date yeah like I did a phoner the other day and someone was like it's like, it's exactly 10 days until your album comes out. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Everything's but, fine. Dude, when you're, I mean, it's good that I'm moving around so much and like we're doing all these shows and I'm writing all the time to keep my mind off of it because otherwise I'd be nervous. Like I've been, I've been writing songs since I was 13 years old. Like I taught myself how to play guitar when I was 13. I knew I wanted to write songs. I would draw little like album covers with little parental advisory signs. Imagining like the first full album. Does yours get a parental advisory? Does Carnival have a parental advisory? (laughs) It it doesn't. We we did an edited version also. So so it's clean and explicit for everyone Yeah, there's there's both. Yeah. I want people to be able to listen. And it is really weird when I see, it's not weird, but I'm like, wow, times have changed. When I see like mothers Instagramming with their kids, like, and they're singing the lyrics of YG's part. Mm, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't think I'd have been allowed to do that. I couldn't even buy the Eminem album. Right. <laughs> you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about how, about albums in general and where we're at with albums in the music industry. So, you know, especially because it's so easy in the streaming world to just sort of like drop tracks one by one or just not even do an album or I'm going to do a building album or I'll just put up a playlist or whatever. It seems like you're someone who, you know, clearly when you grew up drawing album covers, you were thinking about an album, like you were working towards an album. So albums mean something to you, right? Like, yeah, I mean, do they still mean something to you? Yeah, of yeah. course. Like, I think having a body of work, if you plan on having a career as an artist, is important for some people to go back to and and talk about, like, oh, that was the first thing. That was, you know, I always think that way because that's how my favorite artists were. Like, their bodies of work is what I grew up on. It was still CDs when I was, like, five years old and stuff. So you don't go back and listen to just, like, singles of of the Stevie Beatles Wonder. and call it the, right. and call right. it the singles. Oh yeah, when they drop that single, it's like no, like Sgt. <laughs> Pepper and like you, you, they mean something. Like they're iconic in their own way. Are there certain albums like because you you mentioned this? Are there certain like sort of landmark or favorite albums of yours that you had in mind while making Carnival? Definitely like 
I mean, graduation by Kanye, the whole vibe of that album mm -hmm. shaped like who I was as a young man, which wasn't always a good thing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and then uh, Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon album. I don't think there's any of us really, especially in like I, I don't know if I'm a rapper, but I rap, and there's I don't know anybody that doesn't have him as an influence mm -hmm. because of that album specifically. And it would be weird to say, oh yeah, the, all the singles that dropped that year from Cuddy would, you know, that, those were the hits. No, it's like you say, Man on the Moon was a, one of the greatest al rap albums ever. Even like the Carter from Lil Wayne, the first Third Eye Blind album is one of my favorites. Take Off Your Pants and Jacket by Blink-182. Oh, we're going deep now. Yeah, man. I mean, I could go for days. Like, my influences are scattered. Wow. It's awesome. I mean, this it's sort of like a post-genre world we live in right now where people, like, don't have to just pick one to listen to. Nah, man. And everything you just named is, like, the reason because we all grew up with, like, you know, so many different genres of music. Yeah. You put it all in one place. It's great. Yeah. You know, I, I'm really, it really start, starting to feel like it's reaching the golden age of music in a way because we went through like an era where it was like all four to the floor stuff for a little while. And then it was like all trap for a second. Everything was trapped. Trapped. It was tra trapped. We were trapped and trapped. We trapped. Just, tra <laughs> just do it trap. <laughs> um, and now there's everything. And like I listen to New Music Friday on Spotify and it's, there's, there's no correlation between all the songs yeah. except are they good or not right and yep. that's all that ever mattered to me i was like do i like listening to this so yeah so we have not heard the whole album yet but of course we know drew barrymore we know la la land do those give us a taste of of what we can expect from carnival yeah, that's the vibe yeah. you know like but it's a, even a little more all over the place like third eye blind and blink 182 yeah. influence <laughs> coming in I have a song that's kind of like a gorillas meets kid cuddy song called deep in shallow water that I don't know if it sounds like any of the other ones really and then but it's 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 one of my favorite songs on the album. Is that about LA too? No. <laughs> that sounds very LA. <laughs> no, it's about when you uh it's like a very I wanted to write a song that was kind of had to do with how people deal with problems and relationships now when you have like communication around you all the time. Mm. It wasn't like that always, you mm -hmm. know, so I was like, well I remember a couple times when I've been in an argument or broken up with a girl and we've been fighting and we're like literally trying to piss each other off through Instagram mm. and like do all and try not to think about each other. And that's what Deep in Shallow Water is about. But then I have a song called San Junipero that I wrote after I saw an episode of Black Mirror called San Junipero. And I don't know why it just it stuck with me. I mean, I know why it was like a beautiful episode, but I just wanted to write about that as if that was happening. Frank Ocean is a big influence too because mm. he seems like he can write about anything. Yeah. What else is on there? How many tracks are on the album, by the way? There's... Was it nine? Yeah, there's nine, but one of them is not a track. It is a voicemail from somebody and you have to figure out who it is. Oh, yeah. okay. It's a very prominent person. George oh. Clooney. <laughs> right? I just already dropped him. Basically. <laughs> too late. <laughs> Brad Pitt. The other, Leonardo DiCaprio. You can keep going. Or you can Amal listen Clooney. to Carnival coming out on July, <laughs> July 26th. July 26th. I, I almost messed up the date. Coming to a streaming service and retailer near you. <laughs> All right. So speaking of the album, there's a tour coming up. Tour date's coming up starting July 24th in San Francisco. I'm assuming that you're probably really looking forward to playing new music for people that, that were they maybe I'm assuming most people haven't heard these songs yet unless you've been testing them out. No, I haven't. I, most of the time, I think most of the songs on the album, I didn't want to share because there's so few 
I didn't want people to know everything they were going to hear before they even heard it. Um, Is there a particular track um, or a particular song that you're really like stoked about playing for people in person? Uh, this song called Classic and Perfect, I think is pretty groovy. It's probably the smoothest song I've ever made. Mm. But um like smooth in like a Marvin Gaye smooth sort of way or what do you mean? Uh, or like Kenny G. Or like Kenny G. <laughs> smooth both. jazz. Both. I would say both. <laughs> yeah. Mixed with like a little of the R&B urban kind of side to it. So that's a good one and then uh like I said Deep in Shallow Water is one of my favorites. Oh, and I have a song called Love is a Blessing that I think is is a, a banger. It's like it's kind of the only song on the album that I just wrote about feeling good in a city like New York in the summertime and stuff like that. Like I listened to it on headphones just walking around New York a couple of weeks ago and I was like, this is hopefully an anthem for a city like this. Does it reference New York? Is it sort of... I mention it, yeah, because uh, yeah, I have all these memories when I was growing up. You know, me and my dad used to go there all the time and like there was a restaurant called Jezebel that was uh, one of my dad's best friends. That was She was like black female entrepreneur that grew up in Harlem and you know in a time when and and opened a restaurant in Hell's Kitchen when like that wasn't a thing mm. so I had to give her a little shout out and she passed away like two years ago oh. so mentioned her and she was really important to my dad and it's just all these things that you kind of got to like, all right, first album, I got to at least mention like <laughs> all the parts of my life and like things that I remember even missing my dog that I had when I was growing up. So that was the song to do that with. Mm. Wow. And like thank the people that were involved for making it all happen. So that's why it's called Love is a Blessing. That's seems like, very cool. I mean, it just seems like the when you've mentioned all these songs and you have all these sort of touchstones and moments from your life, it sort of that already self-describes why the album is important because it, it, it sort of it's it, it's both a moment and also a story you know about yeah. how you got here in new york and la and family and your dog and everything else so no so. yeah they, they always say saying things out loud makes you feel better and i just like music was therapy when i was growing up so i just started writing my own so you i just always talked about things that i was going through at the time and it made me feel better and i didn't realize that i was going to start making other people feel better like that's what i the feedback that i get from fans more than anything is that my songs make them feel better about what they're going through. And I remember that feeling, mm. you know, so it's, it's big. It's like, that's like a big, a big win. <laughs> well, that seems like the perfect note to end this interview on. Thank you so much Thanks for coming for in. Me. We appreciate Late it. Too. Oh, Stop. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Cause you're the next true Barry. Yeah. And I want more. Thank you so much to Bryce for stopping by and for eating our snacks. <laughs> um, and definitely tweet us, Pop Shop listeners, if you have any ideas about who that voicemail might be from. We'll find out at you know midnight going into Friday. It'll probably be obvious week. when you actually hear it. And it's a thing. Like, so it's the album's not out yet. When the album does come out, it's still a mystery. It's not labeled on oh, the album. Right. So when you listen, you have to find out. Yeah. Mm. TBD. Pop Shop Mystery. It could, mm-hmm. be, it could be like a new podcast. It's the Pop Ooh, Shop Mystery Hour. Spinoff. All right, now it's time for the chart set of the week. You know, we've talked a lot about how Old Town Road has blocked a series of songs from hitting number one. 
1997, in fact. Hmm. So let's go back in time to 1991 when Brian Adams topped the chart with Everything I Do, I Do It For You, and then went on to block five songs from hitting number one. So on the July 27th, 1991 dated Hot 100, Everything from the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves soundtrack spent its first of seven weeks at number one. And during those seven frames at number one, it halted five songs from hitting the top of the chart. And here they are. Jesus Jones, right here, right now. Mm -hmm. Rhythm Syndicate's P-A-S-S-I-O-N. That one I do not know. Got me in a jam again. It's, wow. Anyway, yeah, I know. Uh, Amy Grant's Every Heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Katie loves Amy Grant. Love. Lenny Kravitz's It Ain't Over Till It's Over. Great song. And Roxette's Fading Like a Flower Every Time You Leave. Don't know that one. I know Roxette, obviously, but... Um, hmm. Every time I see you, oh, I try to hide away. Hmm. I'll listen, though. I love Roxette. It's a, it's a great check song. It out. Everything's blocking success, if you kind of want to call it that, of stopping five songs from hitting number one was only matched until Old Town by one other song. Percy Faith and his orchestra's The Theme from a Summer Place in 1960, which spent nine weeks at number one and also blocked five songs from the top. So there you have it this week in 1991. Everything I do, I do it for you. Hit number one on the Hot 100 and then went on to carve out a unique piece of chart history with its success at stopping acts dead in their tracks at number two. <laughs> you know it's true. Everything I do. All right, that's the end of our big shoe. Any parting words, Kitty? Oh, man. Well, I'll, I'll start making that camping playlist now. Camptown Races. I'll work on it for next time. What would be a good camping song? Oh, man, I was thinking about it this morning and was really striking out. Like, I don't, you don't want to listen to just like, you know, folky songs about the outdoors or something. Like, you need like to... Hello, Mudda, Hello, Father. <laughs> yeah, Greetings I guess that's camp. true. That's a Iowa different kind there. of camping song. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Were you thinking of like drag queen camp? No, I was thinking of literal, like, you know, tents and like family camping. Got it. <laughs> All right. So, what song should we go out on? Oh, man. That um, P A S S I O N song? Yeah, so the people can hear it. <laughs> See you guys next time. Bye. P A S S I O N, kept me in a jam again. There's no way. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.